0: And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.
1: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
2: What is going on, y'all? We are back. Another edition of No Bets Barred. This time, UFC Paris. We make our return to France after a year away. Cyril Gahn and Sergei Spivak in the main event. Uh, pretty excited for this one. Love uh, love that we're going back to Paris. Jed, how are we feeling about it, man?
3: This is, I've used this analogy uh, personally this week. This is the most Bellator UFC event of all time.
2: Now explain uh, that to the listeners. What do you mean by that?
3: I mean, it's not bad because I usually think Bellator cards are good. Sometimes they have a really rough one, but uh, I think this year Bellator has really done a pretty good job top to bottom of largely putting together matchups that make sense or somewhat entertaining, but they maybe have a headliner that matters on a Bellator card. You know, like this is a headliner that's it's a pretty Bellator headliner, right? Like it's some guys who, you know, Notable, but not like the most important people in their division. But, wow, no you know, love
2: for Cyril Ghosn coming off a title shot.
3: Yeah. Uh, did you watch that title shot? He does I not deserve it. any love whatsoever. I mean, we're talking eight,
2: 18 months ago, this guy was the future of the heavyweight division. He was the new breed at 10-0. and 0.
3: Based on that uh, performance, he is not the future of anything uh, other than a cardio kickboxing class coach uh, moving forward. We'll get into that, though. But then you look at the rest of the co-main event, very significant. You got you got two big, important fights. I love the Benoit Saint-Denis-Thiago Moises fight. And then the rest of this is, I mean, debutante after yeah. debutante. Like just a bunch of people from Paris and like just French fighters that they just like, yeah, let's pull in all the all the local talent. Hey, you guys got somebody? Oh, we got a couple of fighters fall off the card mix and match we'll just we'll rebook some people so the the teammates don't have to fight one another and we can we can make it all work out so uh this card is extremely thin uh, as far as like notable names even though i think some of the matchups might be okay and overall this just feels like if you if you if i didn't know that cyril Gan was a ufc fighter uh or that Rose Namunis, a former UFC champion, you could convince me that this is Bellator Paris, right? Like you could just, if you just swapped all the branding over, I'd be like, yeah, it looks like a Bellator Paris card.
2: I, I, I honestly, I don't think you're that far off with it. I mean, there are, we'll get into it. There are quite a few debutantes and they are mostly of uh, locale origins. Um, So we'll get into that in a minute. UFC Singapore Fun, entertaining card, great way to start the Saturday morning. Uh another small winning week. Finished Ooh, up about a lovely. unit.
3: What's that? Like uh,
2: eight in a row? That's that's seven of the last eight. I mean, this so we, we turned a new leaf when we hit uh July 1st. Uh have won seven of nine weeks in the second half. I'm I'm viewing it as the second half of the year, the big turnaround. Uh and yeah, up like I wanna say like 18 units in, in this second half. So we're feeling all right.
3: Nice. Uh I'm, I, I finished slightly up as well last week, but I'm, I'm down, Connor. I'm, I'm down. Heavyweight overs have been.
2: Wow. What's taking, happened? Dude? Taking I, in I, the
3: teeth. I think, I think it's five in a row. I believe it is five straight heavyweight over losses. Um, even on the year, uh, not money wise, down money. Um, but 13 and 13 overall on the year for heavyweight overs down one and a half units a little under one and a half units but uh you know we, we've got a heavyweight fight this week and, and this we is sure our do. last stand this we right sure here this is, is gonna be the last stand for it because they're on life support right now we we already lost flyweight unders it was you know poor one out if you're at home listening uh they were good to us don't don't cry because it's over smile because it happened um and but it's weight. good
2: you can recognize it you yeah.
3: can recognize it and heavyweight overs may be following suit fortunately i already have a new gimmick planned i won't unveil it yet uh because we're gonna wait until heavyweight overs does shuffle off this mortal coil uh but i have a new gimmick i'm excited about once once they do exit and maybe maybe they're gonna turn the franchise around you never know you never know. So, what well, better
2: place to do it than the main event? We'll see Paris.
3: That's a great, great point. We'll hope and we'll see. But last week, two heavyweight fights didn't even sniff the overs in them. I mean, we weren't, we weren't even competitive, and that is a tough way yeah. to to lose one of my pet bets.
2: Uh, all right. Well, that was UFC Singapore Fun Card. We moved. Shout out to Korean Zombie, hell of Shout a career. Out. Korean Zombie, Max Holloway too. Shout out to both of them. Uh, that was. It hurt losing the Max Holloway in the over two and a half same game parlay because Korean Zombie was like, time to go. I'm either winning or I'm losing. Let's find out in the next 45 seconds. Uh, But it was still a a magical moment uh, in UFC history.
3: I mean, if Zombie hadn't decided to do that, could have happened. But also, if Max hadn't been such a nice guy, uh, you know, gone for the submission, the polite win probably would have finished him in the second. So, yeah, it was a tough one.
2: It was a tough one, but uh, alas, still got a couple units or a couple. I still got a unit back in profit, so it is uh, all right. If you if you're wondering about my microphone setup, we're traveling abroad right now. uh, Abroad within the United States, that is. Uh, So yeah, do not have uh, you know the great microphones that Vox Media provided us. Uh, But we will forge forward, and we will. Your internet is
3: spectacular, though. I gotta say, say.
2: shout out to the rents. No.
3: Nobody knows this, but when, when we're recording these and you are not in the Vox studios, your internet can be troubling it's like and it's spectacular right now.
2: So what's crazy is, is I have the nicest internet Verizon has to offer, but it's like the corner of my room where my desk is, unfortunately, it is not strong there. But yeah, shout out to the parents. Uh yeah, I'm just up in a bedroom and I mean this this is kicking. I mean, we're crystal clear 1080p looking at each other right now. It's great stuff. Would look even stuff better from the A. Uh, on the YouTube channel maybe one day. Uh you know, don't hold your breath. I one day. Email your uh,
3: senators. That's how we'll get that to happen.
2: We have your local representatives. Of
3: <laughs> you got to We
2: have we have had a couple offers from our fans, uh you know, maybe maybe one day trying to work something out. Let's move on though. UFC Paris. The main event it's a heavyweight bout. Cyril Gon taking on Sergey Spivak right now. You can have the Frenchman minus one sixty six. Spivak coming back plus one forty. Um, yeah, I mean it's striker versus grappler. About as about as striker versus grappler as you're gonna get. I mean this is this is clear cut. You mentioned it. We saw Cyril Gan struggle in his fight against John Jones in March. We saw him struggling in his other title shot against Francis Ngannou in January of last year. Um, the ground game is his weakness. I mean, I, I think that's become clear here. Uh, and that's, that's Sergey Spivak's strength, and, and dude can be relentless when it comes to executing it. Uh, 15 takedowns in the last three fights for for Spivak. And that, those those three fights lasted a total of like 14 minutes. Uh, so dude gets the work on the ground. I mean, on the flip side, though, speed act not great not great when it comes to the stand-up i went back and watched the tom aspinall fight i mean lasted like three minutes failed two takedowns got knocked out landed zero strikes now you can say you could say that's tommy aspinall give him uh you know give him a little a little credit where credit's due walt harris fight i know it was a few years ago pretty much the same thing uh landed like one strike got knocked out um so, yeah, I mean, it essentially comes down to who who's going to be able to showcase their strength. Who do you think is going to be able to showcase their strength in this one?
3: So I went back and forth on this one a little bit um, because I think, sir, you know, you pointed out the obvious deficiencies for Sergey Spivak. My thing is I do think he's a very young guy, particularly the Walt Harris fight, because, you know, he's, he's 28. Um, yeah. And I think we've seen some notable progression from him. The problem is, the problem I have with it is, that notable progression has not come against anybody of substance. I mean, Derek Lewis is remains his best win. And, uh, until Derek Lewis just was the hero of, of all of our hearts and souls at UFC 291, we, we were writing his obituary. We were putting Derek Lewis out to pasture. Um, and I'm not sure that that was premature on Derek Lewis, got a favorable matchup, got an early KO, but I don't, not sure. Derek Lewis has like a big run in him. So, other than that, who Spivak beat? I mean, Ty Tuivasa many years ago before Ty Tuivasa was good, and i am also never been as sold on Ty as others have. So uh, he, it's very, very tough for me to balance that equation out of. I think he's getting a lot better. He's younger. He's looking very good. But heavyweight's such a weird division where until you're fighting good fighters, you're not fighting anybody of of merit at all. Like Until you're in that top eight, you're not you're fighting garbage. Um, Cierogan is sort of the inverse. He has fought a lot of good opposition. Won some, lost some. Uh, I think that what we have hit the weaknesses we have seen, and this is basically pure guesswork on my part. I think that his are more explainable to me. Of all right, Francis Zingano took him down several times, and that was certainly a weakness, but. Wasn't really anticipating Francis Ngannou to do that. I'm sure he didn't spend a lot of time in camp worrying about wrestling D1 Ngannou. Then that just sort of happened during the fight, and he's not a wrestler by trade, even though he shoots a fair amount of takedowns himself. And then John Jones... Look, I don't personally ascribe to the idea that John Jones is the greatest fighter of all time, but he's undeniably in the conversation. Are we really going to dock the man too many points for jonathan bones jones doing the thing to him like right. it's hard for me to want to be like yeah guy can't grapple at all well a lot of a lot of dudes can't grapple against john jones so it's, it's, it's questions i got questions all over the place to me just looking at the way they fight i think gone should be able to avoid takedowns from spivak for most of it very light on his feet he's moving a lot cutting angles uh, and Spivak's a little more plotty. He, he is, like you said, relentless, so maybe he fails the first one and he can just start creating a chain, but until I see him do it against somebody good, I'm going to default to the idea that Cyril Gone can largely stay upright and just sort of peck at him with his shots. I already talked about it earlier. I'm taking the over, the over 2.5 plus 132. Uh I won't be shocked if this one goes under, though I do think this is pretty live for this over hit. Uh in their collective 20 UFC bouts, uh, they've gone over 10 times. So it's a 50-50 proposition. Gone has done it in seven of his 10 UFC fights. He's he's not that one-hitter quitter. He if he's gonna beat Spivak, it's probably uh an accumulation of damage. So I'm taking the over, and I am flirting with the idea of Gone by KO. Um, because so when Spivak loses, he largely is getting knocked out in a five-round fight. There's just more time for Gon to pile up that damage and get him out of there. I I haven't cashed that or, or punched that bet in, but uh, it's plus money, like 125 right now. So flirting with the Gon by KO.
2: Yeah, so I'm actually going to be opposing you. I I'm on the under here. Uh, I I really do feel like this fight isn't going to be close. Um, Ooh, in, for in, who? So I don't know. I don't know who it's, who it's not going to be close for. <laughs> I, I really think we're either we're going to find out fairly quickly. Uh, like I think Spivak is not going to waste his time and he's going to shoot a takedown fairly early. And I mean, let's say he, he fails the first two takedowns now he's standing there striking with Cyril gone and I, I'm with you. I am with you. I think that's where it gets a little bit dicey is that gone doesn't have that one hitter quarter power, but I just think he is levels above Spivak when it, when it comes to the standup, um, and, and I think, I mean, we we saw him hurt Tuivasa several times before before eventually putting him out. Um, and I, I think he can do the same to Spivak. I, I think whoever's whoever is able to to get their game going uh, is going to get it going early, and they're going to have success. Um, the the one thing that does worry me is like a, a late third round gone TKO, uh, and I miss it by like ninety seconds.
3: That's what um, I'm hoping for, right there.
2: I, I could see that. I could see that. I did parlay up the fight. Doesn't go to a decision. That that prop I really do like. Mm-hmm. uh I think when you're talking about the full five rounds, I, 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 I think this is either Speedvac getting this to the mat TKO ground and pound, or or a, or a submission, or it's Cyril gone. Like you said, just accumulating those strikes and eventually putting Speedvac out. I, I really do like that. It's minus three fifty right now. I think that's a really solid parlay piece and. Uh, I mean, I don't love this card from a betting standpoint, so we're gonna have some fun with it. We had success with it last year. Uh, French favorite parlay is back, baby. And uh, last, time checked, last time I checked, last time I checked, Cyril gone. He's French and he's a favorite, so he's gonna be going in that parlay as well. Uh, so that's the, in,
3: that's interesting. I love this okay. parlay. Uh, how many legs are in that parlay for you?
2: So I can actually just break it down right now because at the time of me placing the bet, there were. Four French favorites. Uh, obviously, they've they've readjust adjusted this Some card fights, yep. several times over. P- fights have been called off. Uh, so, like right now, the Taylor Lapoulos, uh Lockran fight um, and the William Gomi Yannis Gamori fight were not a thing at the time. Mm-hmm. But but both of those are favorites. Both of them are Frenchmen. But William Gomi taking on Gamori, who's also a Frenchman, does that. Is that even out um, or is it still a, a favorite Frenchman?
3: I mean, he's, I'm oh, Gomi is going to be the favorite when lines are released. I, I don't see any lines anywhere for that. If you have them, uh, please let me know. So
2: I am seeing, I believe, minus 275 for Gomi.
3: Yeah, that sounds about right. I think Gomi, I, th- I think Gamori was like a plus 300 underdog uh, to Lochran when he was originally fight there. So that doesn't totally shock me. Um I asked this question because, uh, in I'm I'm debating the gone by KO, or I'm debating maybe instead going for an MMA factory parlay, which okay. kind of aligns with a lot of what you're saying. Is French favorites? Okay. We've got the Lapalus, we've got Go Me, we've got Gone, all three of them MMA factory dudes. Uh, all three of them should be betting favorites. I think Lapalus will be a betting favorite over Uh I
2: believe Lapalus right now minus 175.
3: Yeah, and so I, I was just kind of flirting with that as my gimmick parlay. I have two gimmick parlay choices this week. Um, What's the
2: second one? What's the second
3: one? The second one uh, is going to be the Cage Warrior Champion parlay. Okay. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> so uh, Morgan Cherrier uh was a cage warrior featherweight champion and reese mckee was a cage warrior welterweight champion so uh also considering that as a gimmick parlay as we get into those Uh, one more i kind of
2: i kind of you know bounced around in the old noggin uh maybe a little a little swiss army knife a little swiss alps little swiss chocolates a little swiss Swiss cheese -er. little swisher sweets a little swisher sweet, a little Swiss roll, a little something there, a little uh, chalk fondue, as they say over in uh, in Great Switzerland. Uh, maybe a little Angelusa Vulcan parlay. but I don't know if I'm gonna commit to it yet. We'll get into the Vulcan fight in a little bit. Uh, a lot of gimmicks to be had. I mean, that's what we're there, here to do we're, there we're gimmicks here to have some fun
3: bound in this card. so yeah, uh, I, I think there's options
2: so so right now the the French favorite parlay for me that i've I've already played, so i'm I'm writing it is, is Cyril Gon, Manon Fioro, Benoit Saint Denis, and Morgan Chahurier. Uh That's plus four fifty-four um, through a half unit on that guy. Maybe I'll just do William Gomi and Taylor Lapolis parlayed as well. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, Get a decent price if that's what they quoted the numbers for me earlier. So
2: yeah, but that's that's yet to be seen. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, I'm going to be on the under. The fight doesn't go to a decision. Cyril Gon parlayed. I mean, uh, that'll be a fun main event for me um
3: i might take that fight doesn't go to i have one open parlay piece that i'm i was kind of looking for something to pair it with but then i had the gimmick so nothing jumped out i was like maybe i'll just leave it as an open piece uh that i'm targeting and it's in this next fight so i might i might use that doesn't go to the decision because i do very much like that and the price
2: is good I, i like that i think that's a solid parlay piece especially with them having to go five rounds to move to the co-main event, women's flyweight bout, Manon Fiorot taking on Rose. Thug Rose, Nami Yunus returning to the Octagon in Paris, up a weight class uh, at 125. And right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, Fiorot can be had for minus 185. Nami Yunus coming back plus 154. Uh, I'm a fan of both these girls, but you know where my allegiances lie when it comes to this one. Do you have know the in... French
3: favorite parlay. You, you, oh, you tip your in...
2: hand. I am in the Manone mafia I mean I think that's known we are we are the crew we are uh the FIRO squadron over here um so yeah I, I'm gonna be riding with her um I just like Rosen Yunus, obviously a killer former UFC champion uh dare I say legend of the game is that too is that an overstatement only in 16 fights but she's she's had some that's pretty a... memorable moments in in UFC history
3: she had very memorable moments um i think she qualifies but like she's just clear in the bar you know like fan favorite she she, i think she qualifies largely because of the because she's popular and she had like some pretty big moments you know two-time champion right two-time champion um it's very it's very big but she didn't have any like she uh, didn't have like a super long reign, but she's really, really popular. Daniel Cormier screaming, Doug Rose, the, those moments stand out. Probably make her. She probably clears the legend bar, but it's not by a lot.
2: Uh, I just like I don't know where she's going to have a major advantage when it comes to this fight. Like I, I think Fioro's gonna like. I mean. She's going to put out more volume than her. She's averaging like seven significant strikes a minute, like almost double what what Rose puts out. Uh, I mean, I think she'll be the faster fighter. I think if Rose tries to grapple, like...
3: Would you say, you think is going to be the faster fighter? That's what
2: I'm like wondering. Like, I mean, she's wildly fast, Rose, especially at 125.
3: Yeah, I definitely don't think she's going to be the faster fighter. Okay. I mean, we're we're gonna see, um, because you know this first Nami this is Nami Yunus's first time up at one twenty five. So there's there are a lot of question marks for me circling this, but I think speed is one thing that I will pretty clearly give to Nami Yunus. Not just in the speed, but I think Nami Yunus has better timing. Um, okay. And so that's like gonna that. really exacerbate uh, what I assume will be a speed advantage competing at a lighter weight class.
2: Uh. I do think Fioro is is going to have the more volume. I think she's going to be doing more of the work. And then, I mean, how much do you put into the stock of Fioro out grappling Mara Buena Silva, who's now going for a title of 135?
3: Uh, I don't put much stock into that, but uh, I I am the thing that concerns me the most as – I'm a Rose backer, so we are at odds on this one. Uh, I'm backing Rose on this, but the thing that makes me the most concerned, not her volume, though I do agree she probably is going to throw more than Rose does. Um, To me, I've never been nearly as sold on Fioro as others. I think that she is a quality fighter, but she's kind of like, I've just always sort of viewed her as a supercharged Caitlyn Chukagian, who's like a damn good fighter, but she's not a great fighter. She's not going to blow your doors off. And Rose Nami Yunus is a really mercurial fighter. I mean, she can have a Carlos Barza moment, she can have a Yona Wiley moments. like those the delta between those two eventualities is is gigantic. But if she is dialed in, if she's tuned up, if she is she is there for the right reasons and ready to go, she's one of the best female fighters on planet Earth. And I don't think Furo can credibly make that claim. So for me, I have a huge number of questions about what Rose looks like at 125, particularly because some of her struggles at fly or at uh, strawweight, sorry, came just against people who could be more physically imposing than her. You know, the Wiley rematch, she she struggled sometimes to deal with Wiley being incredibly physical. Jessica Andrade beat her once, and probably should have beaten her the second time by just being a hoss. And Manofuro is. I think the thing that, to me, that elevates her above Jukagian is Manon is is a physical presence. She does not impose it on people as often, but she is a sturdy woman. Um, and the Meyer Buena Silva, I'm less concerned about that fight more so than what that indicates and her willingness to grapple because if she can just grab Rose and kind of like big sister her – eat up big moments of the fight. I don't think Firo can stop Rose Nami but if she can just throw more punches on the feet, even though I think Rose is going to land more effectively, uh, and then eat up some time with wrestling, this fight can go pretty bad. That being said, I, uh, I'm still back in Nami Yunus at plus money. I am a lot of that is just banking on her showing up ready to fight and believing in her ceiling over Firo's. Uh, I understand the Furo backer. I will say, and I don't know Connor if you, if you, if you would bet Furo plain outside of the parlay. To me, if you're going to bet Furo, you should better buy decision at plus one twenty five. Like that, that feels like the move because I struggle to see her finishing Rose Yunus in fifteen minutes.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. So she's in the parlay, and then decision, uh, plus one thirty, uh, is what I have. Um. I just feel like that's a. It's
3: just a much better price than Furo at minus one eighty.
2: Yeah. Plus, like, I I am with you. I have a hard time seeing her. I mean, think about like the the times that Rose has been finished is Jessica Andrade slamming she, her to the mat. She got dumped on like, her head. <laughs> yeah, like breaking her neck, and then that, as far as so her we're her clear that would have
3: finished literally any any woman on the planet who took that. Would have been yeah. finished
2: from it. Have you seen the pick that's come out of Rose? Uh She's looking pretty big. She's uh, looking pretty big. Yeah, I
3: mean, and that's that's why I'm tentatively positive about her, this move up. Um, I think she has lo- planned to do this the right way. She's put on the size appropriately. This is not a, I'm going to flirt with this. It feels like this is a, I'm going to try and make a run at 125. And I, I think she's going to come in Dialed in, and to me, that should make her a, a favorite over Manal. Uh,
2: and then, uh, and then we go. Uh, it's also in France. Uh, you know, just saying.
3: No, I the the a French that thing. Home cooking. Yeah, but that's that feels like that's more of a Rose like sign. Rose does her best when when people are counting her out, when when she's the underdog. Like that's when Rose has her her big performances have been those, you know, Whaley's going to kill her. Yoana's going to kill her. And then she comes and, you know, the hostile crowd and, and dominates. So that's that might be a, a point in Rose's favor, the, the French crowd.
2: Uh, you do have to think that she's going to be looking to bounce back in a big way after the Asparza performance. You would
3: hope so. Worst fight you, in modern history.
2: You would have to hope so. That is, uh, that is for sure. Um, Alright, so that's the co-main event. We are at odds so, there as well as the main event
3: we are uh I I want to take the Connor special on this one I think the over one and a half when that line drops is just gonna be a tremendous parlay piece um and I o- honestly almost was just like just bet the over two and a half i don't I don't think either of these women women is getting a finish I think this fight is almost guaranteed to go 15 so on, uh, I love both of those options eh? seems it seems extremely likely that this fight is gonna to go to a decision. The
2: JMG here—that's what we're getting. Uh,
3: the JMG. It did win last week, but it was it was it was tighter than we wanted it to be. What was Aaron it last Blanch, week? Aaron Blanchfield. Oh,
2: Blanchfield. Yeah, oh, man, yeah, <laughs> that was close. That was, that was very a lot
3: close. closer than we wanted it to be. But a win's a win.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I'm with you. I think it goes to a decision. I do. Probably rocket. Boom, Firo, Firo, Firo fam. That's that's what we like to call ourselves. Ah, uh, the keep Firo fam. Got it. Lightweight bout Benoit Saint Denis taking on Thiago Moises. Right now, you can get Saint Denis minus one fifty-five. Moises coming back plus one thirty. Um, it kind of feels like the buy high spot on uh, Benoit Saint Denis. Oh mm-hmm. buy high spot feels mm-hmm. like feels like you know everyone was against him uh, when he took on Bonfim smart people were were on his side he was like a plus two plus 250 or something like that like he was i was on bonfim in a parlay and man uh my man made me look silly that is for sure gets him out of there in the very first round uh and i guess it's i don't know if it's we're in the we're in the city of love or what but uh i'm buying into the hype i'm riding i'm riding with uh, you got
3: burned and you learned a lesson
2: hopefully hopefully i don't get burned again here i mean Dude was special forces in the French army, awarded medals of uh, gratitude from the country, and now he gets to fight in front of his home crowd. Should be a special moment for the guy. Uh, But in all seriousness, I feel like the biggest path to victory for uh, Moises is to use the grappling and and to attempt, you know, go for sub attempts. But I mean, Saint Denis is solid in that area. Nine of his wins are by sub. He's a brown belt in BJJ, uh, obviously, also has the black belt in judo. I mean, he's going to be bigger, he's going to be stronger. Uh, and i feel like if it stays standing he's going to have the advantage there and like when it comes to danger like he he's never won by a decision i feel like he has more ways to finish this fight um so yeah saint i've been on him for a few weeks
3: uh i i love it um because i am on benoît anthony as well so our first our it
2: feels first like m- it feels like everyone is feels like everyone is a little bit like feels like, it feels like it, i've seen everyone on him and then tiago Musa's yeah uh, i'll be on. honest
3: i I had a lot of thoughts about this fight um, before I watched some tape and uh, even after watching the tape, I was pretty conflicted for a lot of the reasons you said. I mean, Moises does largely make his hay with the grappling, but uh, dude, he can strike a little bit too. And Benoit Saint-Denis is sort of the inverse where like, he actually does most like his best work. He's most confident as a grappler, but where we've seen him have a lot of success in the EOC has certainly been on the feet. Um, the kicks in his last fight against Bonfim were just, just brutal and it's going to be bigger dude, except et cetera. I couldn't quite settle where I wanted to be. So I turned to chat GPT. We brought it back this week, Connor and chat GPT was like, it's BSD all day, baby. Uh, just going to give you the, the, the end of it because that's the most important part. Midway through the third round, Sandini unleashed a head kick that caught Moises flush on the jaw. Moises stumbles backwards, rocked by the powerful strike. Smelling blood, Sandini unleashes a barrage of punches. With Moises visibly hurt, Sandini executes a flawless trip, gets the fight to the ground, takes the back, sinks in a rear naked choke, and that's the ball game. So, uh, ChatGPT says BSD is getting a third round RNC here. So... Do, uh,
2: do, do we think a submission is live? I'm seeing plus 600.
3: I don't know that it's live, uh, but like you said, uh, what, what is it? Nine of his 11 career wins have been by submission?
2: Judas never won by decision, and nine of his 11 wins are by submission. Like, I mean, Moises, obviously, a black belt and BJJ in his own right, but... Uh,
3: Islam tapped him, and I'm not saying BSD is Islam, but a, a club and sub... A, a club 600? and sub is very possible, I think. So, um, I a think little, this fight is right? going to be terrific.
2: A little spranky on plus 600. I mean, I'm down to lose a sub bet. Uh,
3: what's, what's, if you're, if you're going to take it, then I can't do it because then we know it's going to lose. Yeah. So, of
2: course. I you're mean, not I mean,
3: allowed to take it. Um, I'm looking to burn third a, little, round a little quarter
2: sub? unit plus
3: 2200. Uh, I'm probably going to throw a dollar on BSD by third round sub.
2: Uh, he's got one third round sub in his career.
3: Sounds like he's due. That's what that, that's what that means to me.
2: Happened back in 2019. Uh, yes. I, I might just take the sub outright plus 600, a little quarter uni honor. Uh, I hope
3: this is the one that hits.
2: I probably won't. I'm not (laughs) sure. Um, all right. So we are in, we are in, uh, we're aligned in, in lockstep on that one. Um, let's keep it rolling. I'm, I'm curious as to if we're going to be aligned here. Lightweight, light, heavyweight bout. Uh, Volcanoes, the mayor taking on Bogdan Guskov. Right now you can have no time. Minus 185 Guskov plus 154. Uh, thoughts on this fight?
3: It was tough just because it's really hard for me to know much about Guskov. I went back and I tried to crunch the tape, but uh, there's not a ton of it. And what there is is not – it's just him blowing the doors off people who are garbage. So, you know, good. If you're fighting bad people, you should blow the doors off them. Uh, He looks really small. And we'll see how that looks like on on thing, but I couldn't find like a – None of the dudes he was fighting looked like they were enormous, and he he looked like a middleweight, not a light heavyweight, which I think is going to be pretty relevant uh, against Volkanos Demir, who is not a small man whatsoever. Um, more to the point, I'm not sure he's good. Um, maybe he I, is. Like,
2: I'm maybe- I listen, bro. I, I'm I watched. I went back and watched like a ridiculous amount of tape. Obviously, the the stuff that's available on this dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. In theory, he's blowing the doors off these dudes, getting like but first round finishes. Suck. Yeah, but it's like not impressive. Like it's not like he's like styling on these guys yeah. and like getting walk off KOs and like making it exactly. look easy. He just kind of plots there and then like hits him with an uppercut and then the dudes just shell up and like it's over from there. Like I, I really was not that impressed with. I
3: wasn't impressed at all. And that and then did you watch
2: it. the did you watch the Vasilevsky fight? Like the the, the yeah. in my opinion, the time he 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 like the only time he fought a dude with like a real record and like backing. And I mean, Vasilevsky was having, he was, he was five inches shorter than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the reach disadvantage, but he was smaller than him. And I mean, he was just jabbing his face off, snapping his head back and then eventually got the first round knockout.
3: Vasilevsky uh, looked like a dude who could fight as yeah, opposed he, to a guy who fights, if that makes and, sense.
2: And so now we're getting his debut again. Short notice. Short notice. Against the top 10 guy. Like, I mean, if you, I went back and was just looking at who Volkan has fought. Like, his last nine fights, I think, Did like, w- when the fight took place, like, they were almost all in the top 10, except for maybe Yuri, who went on to be the champion. Craig, uh, was,
3: prob- Craig was probably like 15. I doubt he was 10 at the time. Yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, his, of the last nine opponents, five of them have either been champion or fought four championships, and the other are. Alir Latifi, who he knocked out, Alexander Rakic, who he beat by split decision, Paul Craig, who he beat by decision, and Nikita Krylov. Also, Alexander
3: Rakic, one of the five best light heavyweights in the world. Yes. So,
2: yes. Like, I mean, we're talking about like top tier competition. And against
3: Yuri, like, he he lost cleanly to Yuri, but. He's he having some success. In fight.
2: Yeah, dude. In the first round, he was having some success. Like, if you go back and look at the stats, which obviously don't matter, especially when you get knocked out in the second round. I mean, he he like outstruck him like fifty to thirty. Like he he was he was finding Yuri a little bit. Um, I don't know if I'm getting suckered into this. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm on Ozdemir by KO. I took um, a sprinkle on KO round one plus three hundred five, hmm. uh, and I parlayed up the fight doesn't go to a decision. I mean, if you if you look at Guskov's record like 15 of the 16 fights having gone to a decision. And the one that did go to a decision was a two rounder at like a catch weight of 220. Uh just kind of a, a weird fight. Um, everything else is just like almost exclusively in the first round, 11 of the 16 have ended in the first round. So maybe I'm getting suckered into this, but I, I just feel like Vulcan and Vulcan seems to fart, fight smart as well. Uh, like he came in with a smart game plan against Paul Craig. He was like, I'm not going to the ground. You can try and bait me as much as you want. I'm not going to the ground. I'm just going to win the fight. He's talked about the patience. After he beat Paul Craig, actually, he called the fight in Paris. Now he's getting his wish. I don't know. I I, I just feel like Vulcan is is going to smash this dude.
3: Dude, uh, You're if you're getting suckered in, then you're in it with me because I'm also on Vulcan by KO. For all the stuff we said, uh, I'll add in. The Yuri fight gives me even more confidence in part because Vulcan ate some shots from Yuri, who is a substantially bigger hitter uh, than Guskov. And granted, we don't know a ton about Guskov, but what I watched is very not impressive. Like he he's beating everybody and that's important, but you can tell when you're watching some dude beat the hell out of somebody who sucks if they are, if they're that guy, like you the way they carry it, it is you. If you've just have been watching fights for any amount of time, you can see it. And Guskov in that dude. So uh, the fact that Volkan survived big shots from Yuri for a while makes me think that even if Guskov hits him, he's. I mean, he's not going to fold him up. And the rest of the time, you know who's beaten Volkan? Guys who are much better athletes than him, and guys who could or guys who could take him down. Like Nikita Krylov probably is a better athlete than Volkan. But he just took him down like a billion times or whatever. Um, same thing, Daniel Cormier is both a better athlete and took him down. Yuri Prashka, better athlete. I'm really pretty confident that uh Guskov is not a not a superior athlete to Vulcan. We'll his chances here. Uh Nikita Kilov, also
2: sneaky number six in the light heavyweight yeah, division. Dude is a really I'm, good fighter. He's no bum, dude. Nikita he, he is is really good fighter. He has lost to Daniel Cormier, Anthony Smith when Anthony Smith was Anthony Smith back in 2018, Dominic Reyes when he was Dominic Reyes in 2019, Yuri Prohoshka, Magomed Ankalaev, and Nikita Krylov. Like, in my opinion, Guskov is none of those men.
3: Yeah, no, I mean he's he's not at all. And so uh, surprised by the line, I, I decided to just go to also just go the KO prop because I think it is likely given who Ozdemir is. That's the. The concern I have is like maybe Guskov's tough and Vulcan doesn't press the issue and he wins a a clear decision, but I'm just banking on the fact that he's gonna gonna put this dude out um with with violence and you're getting a plus number as opposed to minus one eighty or whatever. So I'm with there you.
2: is there is the world where we're getting suckered and, and Vulcan gets cracked and, and knocked out. Um so yeah I
3: really doubt it, man. If we're getting suckered, I think Vulcan just wins a decision and we should have just taken the safe line.
2: I, I agree I agree with you I think I think that might be the way we get we get soccered here but I mean what does he have Does Volkan have one submission win? One.
3: Uh, I was about who? Uh, who was that pre UFC? Because I don't uh, recall this.
2: Very very pre UFC. Oh, Kamara in his
3: third fight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Shout out. Shout out. Um. Yeah, a Kamara against the guy that uh, was one in five is uh, pretty good. One five, five, five. Shout out. Um, all right, so we're aligned there. Uh, that I'll probably have my biggest exposure on Vulcan, uh, so I will start That's where you want
3: to be, having the most money <laughs> down on Vulcan, Oztamir, fighting a short-notice replacement debutante. That's smart gambling right there.
2: We'll get into some more smart gambling later as we move along. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I'll have to start the, the morning with, uh, with some fondue uh, and some Swiss chocolate. I'll have Swiss cheese on my ham and Swiss croissant as well. Uh, we'll plan it and we'll do it up big.
0: The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov.
2: Let's uh, go to the last fight on the main card here. Featherweight bout. Short replacement. Weird. Both of these guys were on the card. Now they're fighting each other. William Gomi taking on Yanis. Gamori. Uh, right now, only available on, on one book. But William Gomi, I believe, is a, he is a minus 275 favorite. Uh, Gamori coming back at plus 235. Um, kind of a weird matchup. Uh, I, I feel like Gomi is 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 more than likely going to win it. I mean, he's he's two and zero in the UFC, getting a debutant. Um I also
3: just think he's good.
2: Yeah, he's he's, he's a solid fighter. Uh, I mean, he's he's bigger here as well. I guess the only thing that does concern me about Gomi is like sometimes he can uh, lack volume. Like he doesn't he doesn't throw enough. Mm-hmm. Um, like. He's 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 had two decisions, and he uh, he's landed twenty seven and thirty two strikes respectively in both. But he does have an eighty one percent striking defense, so I guess it doesn't matter. So yeah, I, I think Gomi gets it done. I'll likely do the the French favorites part: duh. Uh Gomi and Lapalus.
3: So um, I think Gomi going to win this fight. I. I've got two worlds here. I'm either staying away from this uh, and the lapas Lochran fight, both on the principle of short notice, switch up opponents. just a really weird circumstance that probably if I'm being smart, I don't want I just don't want to be involved in with money because feels like that's that's the chaos hammer and that's not smart gambling uh or. I parlay them together with Cirogan for the MMA Factory parlay. It, in my head, the MMA Factory parlay should hit. I am um, just not one hundred percent sure how the change from Gomori to uh, who who is Gomi originally going to be fighting. Uh, Gomi
2: was supposed Almeida. to be, yeah, Almeida. Yeah, yeah.
3: That's right. Um, who is a a, a better fighter, <laughs> um, as far as I am concerned? Not like a great fighter, mind you, but I do think he's a better fighter than. Uh, then dude, so I, I think the smart play is just to avoid it. I may end up taking the MMA Factory parlay. Um, because why not? It's in uh, right French.
2: now, right now, the French favorite parlay par 2 is uh plus 114. So I might just throw a unit on that just to, just to really show my French pride.
3: I mean, get the flag out, you know, the beret, just yep. do it up big, That's, CB style.
1: Uh,
2: that's, that sounds like what we're going to do. Uh, let's keep it rolling. Prelims women's bantamweight bout. Nora Cornell taking on Jocelyn Edwards right now. Coin flip. Coin flip. This almost made the French favorites, but uh, Jocelyn Edwards still the slight favorite, minus 112 uh, to Nora Cornell's minus 108. Again, weird matchup. Um, I mean, Cornell is uh, about to turn 34. Uh, And she only has seven professional fights on her record. Uh, I mean, has fought essentially nobody. Um, Like, I went back and watched her last fight, which ended in a leg injury, which, like, was just, like, her landing a leg kick. And then her opponent was like, "Uh, yeah, I'm done. Uh, I'm out. So I don't really know what to make of her. And we're getting her against Jocelyn Edwards, who... Is not a world beater, but I mean she's four and two in the UFC. Uh like should have the size to compete with with Cornell. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but like I kind of feel like, like I mean Jocelyn Edwards is so much more experienced. Like she's training at King's MMA. She's still only 27, so like she should be improving. I don't know. Like this, again, uh, this just feels like a weird matchup.
3: I um I went back and I watched the tape on Cornell. I'm not here to tell you that Cornell is good. Well, first, let me say this card is extremely weird in that several of the fighters have fought each other, (laughs) not in like yes, yeah. Uh, Cornell's yeah, MMA debut was against Jacqueline Cavalcanti. That was two years ago, and now both women are in the UFC. Um, That doesn't speak all that well to prospect development personally, but. Look, like you go back and watch Cornole, it's to me her game is very obvious, uh, in that she's she does not have a great depth of skill. She's pretty good in the clinch. Um, she's just a physical force. She is just trying to be a physical presence of, of put that on you. And I frankly, I think you can make a little bit of hay with that on Jocelyn Edwards. Uh this is mostly this is the dumbest bet I made. Um, because I'm betting on a debutante. But I, I took Cornolia at plus one hundred because I am super not sold on Jocelyn Edwards. Uh, if she you know if she squeaks out a bad decision win like she did against Lucy Pudalova, I won't be shocked. I'll just be like, hey, Jed, that was a very dumb bet of you, yours. but uh, you're getting the French the French woman fighting in her hometown. Uh, I think she's just gonna get in Jocelyn Edwards face a bunch. She's gonna rough house on the inside. And Edwards isn't going to get to have like a, a clean range striking session. And they're going to be a bunch of knees from Cornell and that's, she's just going to out physical uh, this woman who I don't think is very good. So um, very dumb bet, but it's one I already made. So here I am.
2: Uh, Yeah. I will say though, a lot of, uh, a lot of Cornell's opponents, like she's been much bigger than when she's not going to be here against Jocelyn Edwards.
3: Oh yeah, I mean her game is entirely being large. Um, I mean, but Jocelyn Edwards some, like, sucks. I mean, <laughs> Jocelyn yeah, Edwards is just not good.
2: Jocelyn Edwards and, isn't good, but she is like also much more experienced. Like, there's no telling if Cornoli's good.
3: Oh, Cornoli might suck too. But I'm, I didn't again, didn't say I was here to give you smart analysis. I just think Jocelyn Edwards sucks, and so I'm betting against her.
2: Um. All right. Uh, I might put a bet down on, on Jocelyn Edwards. I'm I'm not sure yet. Uh that just feels like just feels like a hindsight bet. You're just kind of like, oh yeah, why was that a, a coin flip?
3: I don't know. I feel like the hindsight bet win or lose is why did I bet money on this fucking fight?
2: <laughs> I agree. I, I agree. That's Jocelyn
3: also. Edwards who's blown weight twice in a row, splitties, bad fights against somebody who's fought no one good and her most recent win was a very odd like quit oh my leg died yeah. done that's yeah smart people would not bet this fight
2: yeah I, I there's a good chance i'm probably gonna end up staying away as well we roll on uh to a welterweight bout onjelusa versus reese mckee mckee returning to the promotion after a stint with cage warriors where he became champion right now you can have onjelusa minus 180 mckee coming back plus 150 um I don't have any action on this fight. Angelusa is tough as nails. Uh, So, I mean, I think McKee is going to have to win a decision uh, to get this one done. Uh, Something that he has not done since. Has he ever won a decision? No, he has never won a decision. Um, Feel like Angelusa gets it done, but I don't know if I love the price tag on him, especially like. Feels like uh Reese McKee's back. Like his his UFC stint is nothing to scoff at. Hamza Trmayev and Alex Morono, like yeah. that ain't bad. Uh I'll probably end up just staying away though.
3: Uh I'm I'm on Reese McKee. Um considering doing the Reese McKee and uh Charier parlay as the Cage Warrior parlay, but can't get uh, the
2: Irish parlay, can't get the uh you know a little Couple Guinnesses. Uh, I, guess, you know, Schwan,
3: I guess. I guess uh, I. didn't even think about that. I guess I could. Um. I think Cruz Mckee's pretty good. I also think Angelous is good. I think this fight is a is is flying under the radar a lot. Uh. I. Ultimately, I think this is a coin flip fight, and that's why I'm betting Mckee because I think that there's value in him at you know uh the plus plus one fifty five price tag. That's that's just good value for a fight that I think could go either way. Uh, Lusa is uh, the more explosive fighter counters pretty well I think he's going to have a speed advantage but McKee since going back to Cage Wars, has looked really really good he works in combination he, he's going to have a, a pretty clear size advantage he's several inches taller has a reach edge here I think I, I don't love how Lusa defends he is really heavily reliant on going like full shell defense and McKee is just going to pepper shots in and around the guard and keep piling up damage there. Uh, flusa works the body. I I think this fight can be very competitive. Um, lusa going for takedowns, another interesting wrinkle. He's done it before and he can win the fight that way. But ultimately I think that this is just a 50, 50 fight. McKee had, like you pointed out pretty tough go of things in the UFC, you know, losing to Hamza and Morono, uh, the Morono fight was fine, like solid fight. Um, that's one of those guys who maybe deserved not to get cut, but he went back still very young, still improving, and I uh, I think he's got a, at least a 50% chance to get the W, and at plus 155, that's worth a shot.
2: All right. I don't hate it at all.
0: Uh, it'd
2: be nice to see him get a dub. I mean, tough first in the UFC. We keep it rolling to a men's featherweight bout. Morgan Chahier taking on Manolo Zacchini right now. Morgan can be had for minus 340. Zaccini coming back plus 270. Um, Morgan is French. Morgan is a favorite. It's
3: also Morgan's good. Morgan's getting parlayed. Morgan's also good. Former Cage Warrior featherweight champ. Um, I mean, he's just a fun dude. If you ever watch Cage Warriors, watch him fight. It's a fun guy. I mean, lost a, a very competitive fight with Paul Hughes, who uh, I'm super high on. Paul Hughes is uh, like one of the better prospects in the world at this moment in time. So I think he's like 26 or something like that. He's pretty young. Um dude just looks really good. Morgan Chahery gave him Chihere gave him hell. Um and I don't have a ton of things to say about Zucchini. Um he's a zucchini. fighter. I'm I'm calling him zucchini because I'm never gonna get there with it. So it's just easier for me. Um, you know Beat a bunch of people who aren't very good in Venator and otherwise hasn't really done much. So uh, I think there's a reason uh, Morgan's as big a favorite. I think he's very likely to win. Probably won't, I won't bet him unless I am putting him in the Cage Warrior parlay, and I just haven't decided which gimmick parlay is better. Um, so when, when I do, then I'll know if I'm betting him or not.
2: Uh, all right, we roll on men's bantamweight bout Farid Basharat. Taking on Cledson Rodriguez uh, right now, you can have Basharat for minus three twenty-five. Rodriguez coming back plus two sixty. Uh, pretty impressed with Basharat. Like that, Damon Blackshear win is aging well now. Um, I just feel like this is probably going to be a, a fairly closely contested decision, uh, and at minus three thirty-five don't have a ton of interest in it.
3: Yeah, I just don't want to lay the price on this one, but I, I think Bashar probably wins. Um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is Rodriguez's first fight at bantamweight after missing weight a couple a few times down at flyweight, so the adjustment maybe it looks better, maybe it looks worse. Uh, you could go for the uh, moving up a weight class uh Parlay with with Cledson Rodriguez and Rose Namajunas parlay a couple of dogs.
2: If you're now you're talking, you, Now you're, you're talking I mean, look at how many gimmick spicy. parlays we are, now, you can make out a, of a lot of gimmick work.
3: parlays out here. This is uh, unbelievable. I I wouldn't bet Basharat at the price just because Cledson Rodriguez has been a damn good fighter. Um, don't know if he'll be a damn good fighter at bantamweight, but uh, Basharat looks like he's the real deal, so I do think he's going to get his hand raised.
2: Uh, I also do feel like javid is is the better of the Bashar, brother. i
3: the i'm pretty certain javid is is the better of the bashrats but i think farid has still looked to be a very very competent fighter i mean of like course, you said the blackshear standard. fight but that blackshear win is aging beautifully uh
2: really wish this was uh javid because then we could do the snow leopard and the jaguar parlay oh my god
3: how Shelby many parlays can we make
2: that would have been incredible well, unfortunately we missed out of it that would have been the rare cat parlay that would have been great uh for love, this a
3: love a any cat love a cat parlay any more
2: cat nicknames on this one i mean polar bears for spivak that could be uh uh you know like now you're doing the wild animal parlay maybe maybe even endangered species we've got some
3: it. good nicknames on this card oh my god Oh, you know what what well, we could be doing here. Let me make sure that okay, this is right. we've Let's got Anglusa, the last ninja, and Morgan Charrier, the last pirate. We could do the last parlay.
2: Wow. Wow. The last ninja and the last pirate. That's how do you even come Give up with Give
3: me a the last, last cowboy on this, and we are cooking.
2: I mean, why why the last? But uh I mean I, I guess don't know.
3: The a lot of good Pir- nicknames on this card is going through. God of War, No Time. Bonk, I mean. You
2: could do the no-time infinite parlay uh, of Oklahoma's Demir and uh, Zara Farn. Now, that sounds like a
3: winner. the problem is that Zara Farn is bad. <laughs> but Let's get into it. Let's I love just jump, that parlay.
2: <laughs> let's just jump right into a Women's Bantamweight bout Zara Farn versus Jacqueline Cavill-Canti. Uh, right now, you can get the debutante for the short price of minus 375. Farn, plus 295. I mean— I think Cavalcante is probably going to dominate her. I mean, Farron had success against Nunez because she was six inches taller and a seven inch reach advantage. I mean, Nunez just couldn't get in on her and she still lost that fight. She's not going to have that here. She's 13 years older. Um, but I cannot trust a, a debutante at almost minus 400 who has six professional fights. Can't do it. Firm agree. Uh, you
3: know, briefly considered the Cavalcante, um, uh, Cornell parlay just because you know fought each other, but why would you spend this price on, on a person making her debut? Um, who started MMA like two years ago in, in, you in, the,
2: in the women's bantamweight division, too? Like, yeah. this just sounds like a Zara Farron split decision win, and you yeah. just
3: just don't bet this fight. You, don't have, to, this you fight. don't have to, you don't bet have this to, you don't have to. Remember
2: that we have 293 next week, plenty of spots on that one, don't have to bet this fight. Uh, last but not least, bantamweight bout. The card rearranging. I'm almost certain this is this is like for sure. I haven't seen like a
3: super reputable it, it, outlet. It's not. It is not for sure, uh, but it seems pretty likely.
2: Yeah, Taylor Lapp is taking on: Colin Lockran uh, right now. Taylor Lapp is minus one seventy six. Lockran plus one fifty one. Um, man, kind of tough for Lockran here. He's like a minus three twenty or something. Uh, before undefeated Cage Warriors champ, now this is a little bit of a tougher matchup. Lapalus seasoned, obviously had had a stent a previously with the UFC. I think he went three and one in that. Um, tough ask. Kind of feel, I kind of feel like Lapalus gets this done. This is just kind of this fight was made like three hours ago, so that's just kind of me shooting in the breeze. Uh, mm-hmm. But probably I'm just gonna parlay up Lapalus and go me and do the the French favorite part. Duh.
3: So th- this is the problem, right? Because the Cage Warriors parlay needs Lachran and uh, yeah. he's a fairly big underdog. And so that's why I can't do the Cage Warriors and the MMA Factory parlay. The MMA Factory parlay I have concerns about because teams going 3-0, always a, a difficult proposition. Doesn't happen all that often on fight cards. Um, personally, don't think the MMA Factory is like the best gym either. So that gives me some concern. And then you factor in that we've got Lopolis and Gomi getting late opponents, which is, that's tough. The I feel better about my chances on two legs of the Cage Warrior parlay, but Lochran coming in, Lapalus, it's very difficult. I think I'm ultimately probably just going to go with my McKee bet straight and then bet the Factory parlay. But I could see, you you can convince me that Lachron wins this fight. Young kid, Cage Warriors champ has looked very good in Cage Warriors. I I think he's finished everybody. Maybe he's got a decision tucked in there. Um, But like you said, a huge gulf between Giannis Gamori to Taylor Lopoulos, who not the best fighter in the world, but has been a very consistent presence uh, the last few years and knows what the hell he's doing. So big, big opportunity. But I would have felt better about this when he was still fighting Gamori.
2: Yeah. I mean, eighteen and three for Lopulis, uh, pretty, pretty impressive. I mean, mm-hmm. having having fought in Aries FC and, and the UFC as well. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, and uh, that's UFC Paris. Boom, um, done. Don't think I, I don't, don't think I like it as much as last year's Paris card, but.
3: I don't remember what last year's Paris card was. They all blur together.
2: Gone to Ivasa, Whittaker, uh versus Marvin Vittori it was a good one. Nathaniel Wood, Charles Jourdain,
3: Oh, Bakwe, couple of Yeah, that it's on paper that's a much better card. Much better card on paper.
2: Avis, the great Avis Magomedov.
3: Avis making his making his debut, I think, was that fight. So boom. Shout out Fortunately, for... next week we have the worst pay-per-view of the year.
2: Uh, yeah, but I'm still excited for it. There's a couple spots that I like. A couple spots I like.
3: I am not, uh, but it's fine. There are I mean, there are fighters I'm interested in watching, and uh, you know, there's gonna be a, a tasty, you know, New Zealand Australia, you know, parlay. Give me give me Oceania parlay is can cook one of those up next week and, and do the whole thing
2: yeah but i'm not gonna lie that if you're if you're parlaying the favorites carlos carlos alberg is a massive favorite against don chung I'm, I'm not quite sure about that oh
3: yeah like a that's, minus
2: 300
3: oh uh, that's an interesting
2: can we talk about Nasrat hakparas taking on landon quinones quinones who uh Got finished in like 45 seconds on top
3: We we can. We can talk about that next week because this week we're done, Connor. We we're are done.
2: done. UFC Paris, UFC 293 next week. We will see you I then. I might be
3: talking myself into Sean Strickland. Tune in to find out. Love y'all.